Joshua 1, and we'll begin to read in verse 1. Joshua 1 and verse 1, and the Bible says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, under the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. You can be seated tonight. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight. We thank you, Lord, for being faithful to us. Uh, Lord, that is just a great attribute of yours tonight, that you're faithful. I pray that we would ever strive in that to be faithful to you. And Lord, I, I'm so glad that you've always uh, helped us and you've always uh, been there. And Lord, there may be somebody here tonight that needs to realize that and know that you're there for them. And we ask tonight now while we preach for just a little while that you touch and anoint us afresh. And don't let's do anything in ourselves, but uh, to say what needs to be said. And Lord, I pray you do a work in our hearts tonight, each of us that are here. Uh, please do something uh, that we cannot do. For Lord, we really stand in need of you tonight. And I pray you'd come by and help. I don't know the needs in here, but you certainly do. And I pray you'd help. Maybe somebody lost needs to get saved. Maybe some direction that folk need. I pray you'd help us now. Encourage us from the word of God. We'll take in we love you and save that sinner's nearest tale. For these things in Jesus' name, amen and amen. As we look in Joshua chapter 1, as Moses has uh, died, and it was Moses that brought the children of Israel... Uh, and that up out of the land of Egypt. And by the way, as we uh, go from, from Egypt over into them going in, and look at the journey up until now, right here as they're fixing to go into the promised land, uh, we find that they left Egypt. And Egypt, it was bondage to them. And, and, and we draw a lot of typology out of the Old Testament uh, into the Christian life today, into the church. And uh, we know that that's a type of being lost. As a matter of fact, they crossed over the Red Sea. It's amazing that uh, they crossed over the Red Sea. It was red, by the way. You will catch on to that here in a little bit. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And uh, so they're coming up, and they're uh, coming up to the Red Sea. They're leaving bondage, and they're coming to the Red Sea. And, uh, and God does something for them that they cannot do their self. And boy, when we got saved, that's what Jesus done for us uh, uh, he done something for us that we could not do ourselves. Brought us out of bondage uh, uh, and brought us into liberty. And I thank God uh, uh, for that. And so they spent just a little time in the wilderness over there. I say a little time, stay with me. Uh, uh, and it was in the wilderness that they were just supposed to travel uh, uh, just a few days and get ready to go into the promised land. Uh, God never intended for them to wander 40 years uh, uh, out in the wilderness. And it, but yet it was here uh, uh, because of their rebellious nature and because of their rebelling uh, uh, and because of their lack of trusting God uh, of what was supposed to be a short journey uh, turned into a long journey. Uh, and it was in this wilderness that God proved that uh, uh, the children of Israel, Deuteronomy chapter 8, uh, uh, it said, Who led thee through great and terrible wilderness, uh, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions, uh, and drought where there was no water, uh, who brought thee forth water out of the rock of Flint, 
who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, that he might prove thee uh, uh, to do thee good uh, at thy latter end. And that wilderness was a place of proving uh, and a place of trial, if you let me say that. Uh, and I'm going to get ahead of myself. Uh, but there is a lot of believers tonight uh, and that they've come out of bondage, uh, but they've never made it out of the wilderness. And that's where they're at. They're out there wandering uh, around in the wilderness. Uh, but yet we come to the Jordan River, which is uh, another great miracle that we're going to look about uh, here in a minute uh, uh, in their decision and that to go uh, uh, into Canaan land. God said, you ready to go? Uh, you need to go. Man is going to stop tomorrow. Uh, you're going to eat of the old corn and that of the land. Uh, uh, and, and I thought about this, a uh, couple of things. I wondered uh, when the manna stopped if they thought maybe God wasn't going to be with them. Uh, there's a lot of times that we look for heavenly manna uh, and that to fall down. We want to know God's with us. Uh, uh, we want to see Him work and uh, do great things. But just as Miss Sarah sung tonight, God's faithful. Amen. Uh, manna ain't always uh, going to fall from heaven, uh, uh, but I'm glad He's ever present uh, and with us. Uh, and I thought about this when He told them that manna is not going to come down tomorrow uh, and you're going to go into the uh, promised land. I wonder if they bucked up on the Lord uh, uh, if there'd have been no manna anyway. You understand what I'm asking? If they wouldn't have went into the promised land to eat of the old corn uh, or the corn of the old year, uh, I believe the Bible said, uh, would he arrange manna? I don't believe he would have. I believe it's time for them to move. Amen. And get a move on. They had heard of this land that they were going into since the days of Abraham. God promised it to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. They spied it out some 40 years earlier. If you go back to the book of Numbers chapter 13, uh, you'll find that they spied it out uh, uh, and found out that it's a land that flowed with milk and honey. Uh, they carried clusters of grapes uh, uh, and that on stags uh, uh, and the pomegranates, I believe it was. Uh, I believe it was Big Jim Seaton as he uh, used to preach. He'd talk about uh, them eating that grape uh, and hollering it out, putting the skin on their head for a hat. Amen. I don't know whether they done that or not, but it sounded pretty good. Made for good preaching anyway. Amen. But they looked at the land and they said that there's giants over there, the sons of Anak, and we cannot go for we're just as grasshoppers in their sight. And Joshua and Caleb said we can go. And we can go right now. But they chose not to. I want to show you something that I believe that I've showed you before. Look in Joshua chapter 2. Uh, when the two spies go over into the land of Jericho and they're at Rahab the harlot's house and they're conversing with Rahab the harlot and in verse 10, this is her speaking to the spies and she said, for we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did under the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side, Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts didn't melt, neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. You say, why did you want to read that? Everything that she said right there happened 40 years earlier. 
Do you understand that? It didn't happen yesterday. It didn't happen a week ago to the children. It happened 40 years ago. Uh, when they decided they did not want to go uh, into the promised land, God had already melted the hearts of the enemies. God had already made a way for them to go in uh, and for them to do what they're supposed to do uh, to take the land, but they would not go. Can I tell you tonight, me and you don't know what God uh, is always doing on the other end. We don't know what God is accomplishing in somebody else's heart. Hey, He may put on your heart to go witness to somebody and you don't know what God has been doing in their heart. Hey, you don't know what kind of preaching they've heard or maybe somebody's left them a track or maybe uh, just under conviction some mama has been praying to uh, send somebody by. I remember uh, uh, when, uh, I'll get here in a minute. Uh, I remember when uh, uh, Brother Leroy came and preached for us sometime and, uh, years ago and I'd run into him uh, uh, out in town and uh, he, he, he has a son my age and uh, we went to grammar school together in high school and uh, he said would you please uh, uh, go by and see Jeff and talk to him uh, uh, about the Lord and he needs to get saved and, uh, and so I prayed about that and prayed about that and uh, I, I thought well what, what time am I going to go and uh, the Lord kind of gave me uh, just some, some, uh, some clarity to go on a, a Tuesday evening and so I loaded my pockets up I, I, with tracks and I I head off down there to his house. He lives behind his mom and daddy. Uh, and I just walk up on the front porch. I, I knock on the door and he opens the door. He said, hey, what are you doing here? And I said, just come to visit with you. And he said, boy, I'm surprised that that dog didn't eat you up. I said, what dog? He said, that dog right there. And I looked over there on the side of the porch and sure enough, there laid a dog. I didn't even see it when I walked up on the front porch. Wasn't paying, no, never mind. Well, if I'd had Brother Jeff, I'd have sent him up there first, amen. That's why pastors have deacons, amen, to go on visitation, to fight the dogs. That's what it's all about, amen. I got a preacher friend of mine. Uh, he said he went to visit, was going to go visit with a lady one time, uh, and he said that uh, she had a beware of the dog sign nailed up on a tree outside. And he got up there, he drove up, and he looked at that, and he turned around and left uh, and wouldn't get out of the car because he's afraid of that dog. And he said, finally, I got feeling so bad about that, I turned around and went back some days later, went up there on the, on the front porch and knocked on the door. She came to the door and he introduced himself, uh, and, and he said, well, where's the dog at? She said, oh, I ain't got no dog. That's just to keep people away. Amen. But I began to talk to him, my friend. You know, after we uh, talked about just life and talked about what we'd all been doing for a while, I began to talk about being, him being in church. and He needed to get right with the Lord. And the longer I talked to him, the more I realized that he hadn't been saved. And, and so it finally come to that conversation, I realized that I was barking up the wrong tree instead of trying to get him right. The Lord needed to get him saved. Amen. And he's just as hard as hard could be and still ain't saved today. But I think God had a plan that night. You say, why? Because I, I go over there and he's raising his two girls. His wife's gone and he's raising his two girls. But it just so happened that night that his mother... Now they didn't know when I was coming... They didn't know what was going on. They just said, would you come sometime? And so when I get over there, I knock on the door, and he opens the door, and his mom and daddy had took his two girls to get him some ice cream that night. And it was just me and him. And nothing, nothing to bother us, you know. Even that dog didn't even bother us, you know. We never know what God is trying to do on the other ends, what I'm saying tonight. 
Well, let's look in the message tonight, if we could, going back uh, and that to the text verse. Notice what it said in verse 2. Now, Lord, we need your help tonight. Uh, notice what it said right here. He said, Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, down all these people unto the land which I do give them. And I want to preach tonight having a thought on crossing Jordan and headed for Canaan. Crossing Jordan and headed for Canaan. Now a lot of times uh, uh, we liken Canaan uh, uh, and that to heaven. And if you want to call Canaan land, have we sing about that? To Canaan land, I'm on my way where the soul of man uh, never dies. We're going to see tonight, uh, but really Canaan land uh, uh, is not heaven tonight. Uh, it is the promise. I understand if you want to call it that, uh, I won't fall out with you and hopefully you won't fall out with me. Uh, uh, but I want us to look at just a couple of things, uh, uh, if we could, uh, about crossing Jordan uh, and headed for Canaan. Uh, uh, number one, first of all, uh, uh, they were going to have to trust God uh, and that to go. They had to have faith uh, in what God was saying to do. Uh, notice he said right here, now after the death of Moses, uh, uh, God's saying right here, uh, uh, he said, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore rise, go over this Jordan, uh, thou and all these people in the land uh, which I do give them, even uh, to the children of Israel. Uh, I, I mean, for 40 years they've wandered in the wilderness, uh, uh, but yet for 40 years God has been faithful. Uh, he's led them by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Uh, he's let their shoes grow on them. Uh, uh, their clothes is not wore out. Uh, he's fed them by manna and quail. Uh, uh, he give them rock out of the water. Uh, Walk out of the water. Give them water out of the rock. Uh, uh, and I mean, hey, he took care of them. Uh, even in their backslidden condition, uh, when they would not follow him and obey him, uh, and in a rebellious nature, God uh, still provided. Boy, ain't that wonderful uh, uh, to know tonight. Uh, uh, but listen, everywhere they went, God uh, had promised to be with them. If you come on down to verse 5 in the text scriptures, he's talking to uh, Joshua. He said, There shall not be any uh, man be able to be, said, there shall not any man uh, uh, be able to stay and before thee all the days of thy life uh, as I was with Moses uh, so I will be with thee I will not fail thee uh, uh, nor forsake thee well ain't that a wonderful promise tonight and boy God's saying all you got to do Joshua is get the people uh, uh, and go uh, all you got to do is go to the other side uh, uh, in the wilderness they doubted uh, in the wilderness they murmured and complained in the wilderness uh, uh, they fought with the man of God in the wilderness uh, uh, they wanted to go back to Egypt in the wilderness uh, uh, they wandered in the wilderness in the wilderness, in the wilderness. That's where they wanted to be. Can I tell you tonight, that's where a lot of carnal Christians are tonight. They're in the wilderness. They're out there and they're murmuring and complaining. They doubt about what God is able and capable of doing. Uh, they, they don't think God can uh, do anything. They uh, wonder if God's going to show up, but yet He's ever evident uh, uh, every day. Amen. God's always faithful. A lot of times, a lot of times when you find those uh, uh, that want to fight and carry on, they're always uh, uh, bucking against uh, uh, what the Word of God says or bucking against what the preacher uh, uh, is preaching. Let me say this. Can I part for just a second? If I'm not in the Bible, then uh, we need to deal with it. Amen. But if I'm in the Bible, you just need to line up. Amen. I need to line up. But they always murmured against Moses and against Aaron. I always wanted to murmur and complain. Most of the time, mature Christians do not do that. But now, instead of wondering, they've got a direction to go. If you ever look at the map that the children of Israel followed on 
for 40 years. They were just out there circling around the mountain for 40 years. Going around that thing. God just feeding them with manna and taking care of them. But now these folk are going to have to trust God. Now they're headed in a new direction now. They're going in a new way. I believe it was at one point. God said, I'm not brought you this way here to four. He said, this is different. This is going to be new to all of you all. And now they've got to trust. Boy, I'm telling you, I guess one of the biggest shockers that there was going to be was the very fact that it wasn't going to rain manna from heaven. I thought about that. Now think about this for just a second. I mean, every day for 40 years, manna has failed to come down except on the Sabbath day. And they could go out and they could gather all they want, even though they loathed that light bread, the Bible said. At one time, the Bible said it was like angel's food. That's pretty good. I don't know if it's like angel food cake, but even I'd eat that. Amen. If you come over to chapter 5 in the book of Joshua, I believe it is, verse 11, it says, And they did eat. Uh, they, now they've had the Passover, and it says, They did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover, unleavened cakes and parched corn in the selfsame day. And the manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten of the old corn of the land. Neither had the children of Israel manna any more, but they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. So God is beginning to change some things. God is beginning to put them in a new direction. And if they would have just went there to start with, everything would have been okay to start with. But here Moses has died, uh, manna has ceased, uh, and they're going to have to eat off the land. Uh, uh, and their first biggest obstacle that's standing out in front of them <coughs> is the River Jordan. What did he say right here in the text verse? He said, now therefore rise, go over this Jordan. That's the first thing they were going to have to get across was the Jordan River. They wasn't going to be able to go no further. Imagine this. I don't know how many uh, millions of people was uh, in Israel at this point. I know when they come up out of the land of Egypt, uh, it was somewhere like a million and a half out of three million Jews. I don't know how many we've got now, but I'd say there's at least a million, uh, uh, maybe two million. I, I, it's all guesstimate to me. Uh, uh, but listen, there, there's a bunch of them. Uh, uh, and here stands this river in front of them. Now think about this. God's telling them we're going to have to cross this river. Uh, we're going to have to get over there uh, uh, and that to fight uh, into the promised land. God's given instruction. Take your Bible and go to the book of Joshua chapter 3. See, what they're about to do is, yeah, they've come up out of bondage. Yes, they've been saved from bondage. Uh, uh, but now what they're fixing to do is follow God by faith uh, and they're going to sell out to what God has told them to do. That's what some Christians need to do is just sell out to what God says to do. Look in verse 1. I'm going to read fast of chapter 3. And Joshua rose early in the morning and they removed from Shittim and came out of Jordan. He and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host and they commanded the people saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests of the Levites bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it that you may know the way uh, which you must go for you have not passed this way heretofore. 
You know what he said? He said, pay attention. You stay back from it. But you pay attention to which way it's going because we're fixing to go a new way. You've wandered for 40 years in the wilderness. Something's going to have to change. If you're going to get into the promised land, something's going to change. If you're going to get to where God wants you to be, you can't be wandering in the wilderness. You've got to go a new way here to four. Verse 5. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua spake unto the priests, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass over before the people. And they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that, I, that I, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. And thou shalt command the priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant, say, When you are come to the brink of the water of Jordan, ye shall stand still in Jordan. He says, when you get down here to Jordan, uh, you, they're carrying the Ark of the Covenant. He said, you get out there on the edge of it, the brink of it. He said, you just stand still. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, come hither and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, hereby you know, ye shall know uh, that the living God is among you and that he will without fail drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, and the Hivites, and the Perizzites, and the Gergashites, and the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passeth over before you unto Jordan. That's the presence of the Lord, by the way. Uh, listen, that ark was representation of the presence of God and the power of God. Now therefore, verse 12, take you twelve men out of the tribes of Israel, out of every tribe, a man. You know, I found this kind of funny that right here in, in chapter 3, verse 12, it just gets inserted in there. He said, choose you out twelve men. And then you know what? He don't tell us nothing else about them 12 men till we get to chapter 4. But he said, choose you out 12 men. And verse 13, And it shall come to pass, as soon as the feet of the priests bear the ark of the Lord, uh, that, that the Lord of all the earth uh, uh, shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall cut off uh, from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon a heap. And it came to pass, when the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan, and the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people, and as they bear the ark, uh, and as they that bear the ark were come into Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped in the brim of the water. Now, this is important. Read it now. Listen. For Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of harvest. This wasn't Jordan running at its regular time. This was Jordan when it was flooded. Verse 16. Then the waters which came down from above stood up and rose, stood and rose up a heap very far from the city of Adam, that is, besides Zaratan, uh, and those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea, fell and were cut off, and the people passed right over against Jericho. And the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground. Well, he dried that pretty fast, didn't he? In the midst of Jordan and all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. You know what God done? God done a miracle right here, didn't He? I, I mean, here, here they stand. They, they got a place out there that, they, uh, that, that, that the men, the priests, uh, they're carrying the Ark of the Covenant uh, uh, and they stand out there uh, and when they get into the brim of the water, not in all of Jordan, I, I believe probably about ankle deep water, uh, there they stood and they waited on God. You know, sometimes that's hard to do, ain't it? Can you imagine? Can you imagine that they're standing there and, and they're holding that, or maybe they got it up on their shoulder uh, and they're carrying that thing, and there they stand and they're standing still and they're waiting on God to do something. 
And the Bible said right here that what? What did it say right here about the Spirit of the Lord? I believe it said uh, that the Lord uh, uh, entered in uh, uh, to that thing, entered into the waters uh, uh, and and picked that water up uh, and sent it all the way back to the city of Adam. And He let it all run out, all the way down to the salt sea. And then he not only pushed the waters backwards and stood it up. Can you imagine if you were standing there in that water and and you're looking down and all of a sudden you see all that water run away from you? Think about that for just a second. All that water runs away from them priests. And, and you imagine be standing back and watching this whole thing uh, take place that God just stands the water up and sends it back that way and it all runs down that way. <coughs> and then the Bible said that they all crossed the Jordan River on dry ground. It wasn't a little spot the size of this church that he backed up. It wasn't a little spot big enough to drive your car through. God backed that thing up a long way and dried that whole riverbed up. And He took them million Jews and two million Jews and He put them across onto the other side of the Jordan River on dry ground. They couldn't get marred up. They couldn't get muddy. And can you imagine when those uh, priests went down there to the Jordan River and stood? Uh, uh, can you imagine that maybe, I don't know if, if their feet was a little wet. I know it was a lot wet. Uh, but maybe they'd mired up. I don't know. Uh, but I do know that, that it said right here that what? That the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground. Do you believe that preacher? Yeah, I believe that. I believe the children of Israel crossed over on dry ground, crossing the Red Sea. I believe they crossed on dry ground right here in the Jordan River. I believe God dried that thing up. I believe He dried it up just like that. And they all crossed over. The first big obstacle that they had to come across was the Jordan River. Now I talked about those 12 men. If you go over to chapter 4 and read, he took those 12 men and he said, what I want you to do is go over there where them priests stood and he said, I want you to take 12 stones uh, uh, and that, put them up on your shoulder. So these ain't little stones. He said, I want you to take 12 stones uh, uh, and bring them out and put them up on the other side of Jordan uh, and make a memorial out of them. And said, when you... When your children ask you what these stack of rocks means, you tell them this is what I've done to get y'all across the Jordan River. Do we have some memorials in our life to where God's done things for us? Can you go back to times in your life when God moved, when He done something for you that all you could do was trust Him and believe in Him? You had to turn loose. Hey, listen, they couldn't get across the Jordan River by themselves. They couldn't push that water back. They couldn't make that happen. They were going to have to depend on God to get over into Canaan land. But can I ask you, do you have some memorials? Have you set some rocks up in your life that you can look back and say, boy, right here, God done some things. Right here, God accomplished something in our life. You got them places? I've got some. I've got some times when God showed up and God moved and God done something. But this first big obstacle that they were going to have to trust God on was the Jordan River. 
Ephesians chapter 3 said, Now unto him that is able to do it, singing abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. You realize that there was people that, that could have been 40 years old and under, and, and, and maybe not some of them younger ones don't even remember coming up out of Egypt that remember seeing God part the Red Sea. I mean, they, they didn't see it. You remember, sometimes I think we get like Gideon. Take your Bible and go to the book of Judges. Hold your place in Joshua, but go to the book of Judges. As I studied this like this evening, I thought about, I thought about Gideon. Look in Judges 6. The angel of the Lord has come to Gideon in verse 12 and called him a mighty man of valor. He's over there threshing wheat at the wine press, hit, hiding from the Midianites. And the Lord comes by and calls him a mighty man of valor. Look in verse 13. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told of us? Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt, but now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us in the hands of the Midianites? You know what Gideon's saying? Lord, where's all this stuff at that our fathers told us about? Where's the God that parted the Red Sea? Where's the God that uh, fed them by manna? Where's the God that gave them water out of the rock? Where's the God that parted the Jordan River? Do we ever feel like that sometimes? Our faith gets a little weak. We've been fighting for a while or having to deal with the enemy. And it just won't go away. I'm going to tell you tonight, there's times we just have to trust God. Well, we've got to trust God no matter what. But we have to put our faith and our trust in Him. The first thing they were going to have to do was trust God to get over into the promised land. I'm going to tell you, you're just going to have to believe God tonight and just follow Him. I know that's hard to do sometimes. I know it's hard to follow Him. and it's hard, Especially when you don't know what's going on. But they had to cross Jordan to get into the Canaan's land. But then number two, if for them to get in, they were going to have to follow by faith and live by faith. Uh, but then getting into the promised land and the Canaan land, there's going to be battles. They went into this thing knowing they were going to have to fight. God had told them all the time uh, back when Moses was still alive. He said, if you'll just go in and fight. He said, I'll fight your battles for you. He said, I'll send the hornet in before you. And he said, I'll just send my angel before you. And he said, we'll fight uh, for you. But you're going to have to go in. I thought about the children of Israel when they first came up out of the land of Egypt. They had to fight battles when they first came out. Sihon and Og. The kings over there of the Amorites and Moab and all those places over there, they would not let the children of Israel come to. All they wanted to do was come across and just go where they were going, to the mount of God. Going to the promised land. And Sihon and Og, either king, you can look over in Numbers chapter 21 and you'll find that both of them come out and that against Israel was going to fight and God allowed Israel to whoop them both. Can I tell you, when you first got saved, I guarantee you had to fight some things. I'll guarantee you there was some battles. Satan showed up uh, probably pretty much right away and there's going to be some fighting that had to take place. But yet God helped them and God will help uh, uh, us. He helped us. Uh, and listen, He'll still help us. You know the one reason, or one of the reasons the children of Israel did not want to go into the promised land 
Numbers 13, it was because of them giants. They didn't want to have to go fight. You go back and you look at what Joshua and Caleb said in Numbers chapter 13. They had went over there and they had spied out the land. And verse 27, And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. So they showed what they brought back. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. And we'll find out that those are the giants in a minute. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome. Caleb said, All we need to do is just go. And we're well able to overcome. You know, with the help of God uh, in our battles and in our fights, we're well able to overcome. We are. I don't know what you're going to have to fight. I don't know what I'm going to face tomorrow. I still face things that I wished I didn't have to. But friend, my flesh will still rear up on me. But because of Him that lives in me, greater is He that's in me than He that's in the world. And He helps me. Amen. Verse 31. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people we saw uh, in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come uh, which, which come of the giants, and we were in our own side as grasshoppers, and so we were in their side. I'm, I'm going to tell you something. If you want to get to the place to where God wants you to be, and you want to get into the Canaan's land and be following Him where you want to be, or where you need to be, you're probably going to have to fight some giants along the way. I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. You're probably going to have to fight some giants. One of the biggest giants I ever fought in my life to be able to serve God the way that he wants me to is I had to quit smoking. That was a giant. Man, that sucker was huge. It was. It was. I, I mean, I'll just be honest with you. That thing was big to me and a lot bigger than I was. I, I, because I've told you before, I, I, I had the habit and it had me and I loved it. I, I have no lies to tell you. I loved it. But man, I'm telling you, God just kept bothering me and bothering me about that thing and would not let that go. And I'm glad He bothered me about that. Had to fight some giants. I mean, listen, there was giants in the land and yeah, they are bigger than us, but they're not bigger than Him. You remember when David went out to fight Goliath? Goliath was coming to him in the arm of the flesh. Goliath was coming to him with a sword and a spear. But, but David said, I'm coming to you I, I, in the name of the Lord, I, in the name of the Lord of Israel, on whom thou fight. Can I tell you, when you get across Jordan uh, uh, and you get to the place uh, uh, on the other side, uh, uh, tomorrow there's going to be a fight. They had to go into the land uh, Conquer the land. There's always a fight. Can I tell you in our Christian life, 
There's always a battle. First Peter 5 and 8, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, is the wrong line. Walk about seeking whom he may devour. Why do you think Ephesians chapter 6 tells us to put on the whole armor of God? You go over and you look in the book of, is it 2 Timothy? 2 Timothy chapter 2. Let me get over here. 2 Timothy 2. And he talks about being a good soldier. Chapter 2. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Notice what we're to be strong in. Grace. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Soldiers fight. That's the only reason we have an army and a navy, an air force and a marine corps, is to fight. It's all about war. When they're not in war, they're practicing for war. I mean, that's how it is. I mean, that's just the bottom line. Uh, and listen, he told us in the book of Ephesians over there uh, to put on the whole armor of God, didn't he? Ephesians 6 and verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That's his deception. That's his trickery. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickednesses in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand, uh, uh, that you may be able to withstand an evil day and have done all to stand. And then he tells us what to put on. Uh, uh, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with the truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So we've got to go fight. We'll go back to the book of Joshua. And here is the great part. They're fixing to go into Jericho. They've crossed Jordan. They're fixing to go into Jericho. The manna has ceased, it says in verse 12 of chapter 5. And in verse 13, And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as the captain of the host of the Lord, am I now come? And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Can I tell you, when we get ready to fight, the Lord will be there. You realize the captain of the Lord's host, this is probably the Lord Jesus Christ, if you want to know the truth right here. I only find one other time back in the book of Exodus chapter 3 when God said take your shoes off. And he said take your shoes off Moses. For the ground where I am thou standest is holy. And that's when he's talking to him out of the burning bush. And right here we find that Joshua fell down and worshipped. And by the way, it didn't. The, this one right here, the captain of the host of the Lord, did not stop him. But he said Joshua loose thy shoe from off thy foot for the place where on thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. I want you to notice who was there to help him battle and fight this thing. The Lord was. The Lord was there. 
When, when we go in, when, when you decide to sell out, and you decide to follow the Lord in the direction that you need to go for you and your family uh, and your home, I'm going to tell you, yeah, there's going to be battles, but there'll be somebody there to fight with you. He will be. Second Chronicles chapter 32, King Hezekiah is talking to the children of Judah at this time. King Sennacherib has come up against them. And he said, with him is the arm of the flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. He said, look, the enemy is coming in the arm of the flesh, but we've got the Lord to help us. This morning we preached about leaning on Jesus. That's what we have to do. There will be battles in Canaan land, in the promised land. We'll have to fight. There'll be giants that we have to face to go forward. I thought about the when, when they got ready to cross Jordan, they went out there and they had to stand still and they had to wait on God. How many times have we just had to wait on the Lord? How many times have we been in the battle and just had to wait on God? They're out there marching around, marching around Jericho seven, one time a day for seven days. And on the seventh day, they march around seven times. And they can't say nothing while they're marching around through there. I guarantee they weren't Baptist. Some of you will catch that after a while. Guarantee they weren't Baptist preachers. We don't know how to be quiet sometimes. Do you know the thing about it was, number three, they were right where God wanted them to be. But they were right where God wanted them to be 40 years ago. It takes some people just a little while to get there. But it shouldn't. God wanted them to do something great, and He wanted to do something great with Israel, and He did. He finally got to. He was the one that made Israel. He chose Israel, by the way, through Abraham. If there was ever an election, it was in Abraham. I mean, if you go back and look at that, God chose Abraham. Abraham didn't choose God. God chose Abraham. I mean, you go back and look at all that stuff back there. And there's some things that I don't understand about God's decision. You know, can I say this right here? People say, well, uh, you know, I don't know how the Lord says, uh, you know, remember when, when the Lord said over our, uh, Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated? How could God say that he hated Esau? I don't know how that he said he could love Jacob. Think about it. I know what Jacob was. Jacob was a supplanter. Jacob was crooked. How could God say that he loved Jacob? That's just in my mind. That's just the way that, you know, looking at it from a fleshly mind, how could we say that? But yet God took Jacob and turned him into Israel and done something great with him. Brought him to Canaan's land. You know why? What did I tell you a few minutes ago? What, what did God do with Israel? It was about coming and seeing, wasn't it? He built a temple. Remember, built had the tabernacle, had the temple. And listen, even at the dedicatorial prayer, even at the dedicatorial prayer of the temple, even Solomon talks about if strangers come over here uh, and they talk to you, he said, you'll help them. That's what he said. He's talking about Gentiles. It was all about come and see. Come and see. But what's he done with us? God wants to do something great with us. I mean, He made us, didn't He? I mean, He made the church. Done that at Calvary. Done that by dying at Calvary. Hey, He got us to where we are now, but you know what? It's not coming and see anymore. It's us going and telling. Got to go and tell.
Can I ask you tonight, where are you at in the journey? He said in chapter 1, he said, he said what? Arise and go over this Jordan, thou and all this people under the land which I do give to them. Where are you at in your journey? If you're not saved, you're still in bondage. Need to come out of Egypt. Need to get saved. Trust the Lord. God will save you tonight. Maybe in the wilderness. I don't know. I, I, I just thank people tonight that's here on Sunday night probably ain't in the wilderness. But I hope, I hope you ain't. But if you are, you can get right with the Lord. But maybe, maybe them giants is what's scaring you tonight. I, I'm telling you, the captain of the host of the Lord will be there to help us fight. Let's bow our heads tonight.